buzzing out there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we are back. Ladies and gents, everybody, what's going on? Just dishing it. Episode two. John Tudor, Derek Hoskins joining me. Tudes and Derek, based on their nameplates. I got to mention, too, really quickly, that video fires me up every time the, the intro we play. Just the Tudor talking on a pond in the snow about, you know, getting pucks deep and working the corners just really excites me. And then Derek, just like he's Harry Potter, just letting that drone go. It just, it's good stuff. I love it. But either way, boys, what's going on? Episode two, I'm stoked to be here. Thank you for joining us, everybody. But boys, what's going on? How's your week's going? Week's going well. Week's going well. We got some good news that we'll get to here shortly for all the uh, hockey-loving fanatics out there. But um, you know, just great day to have a great day as always. Yeah, uh, can't complain. It was a nice uh, fifty-degree day here in Buffalo, New York. A little taste of fake spring. Um, <laughs> couldn't couldn't golf, so it really doesn't matter. But right. it was a nice day to be outside. So you know, you know what I saw today too when I looked out the window because I'm working from home, and I I see these guys walking across the street. And it hits 60 in Buffalo the first time. These guys have short sleeves, shorts, flip-flops on. Like, dude, it, it hits 60 once, and it's going to be 35 again on Saturday. Relax. But you know what? Hey, it's Buffalo, man. It's a heat wave. Hey, I I hear you where that's kind of funny, but also I was – I'm one of those people that I'm going to rip a quick walk in a shorts and T-shirt just to suck it in because I know the tease is there. But <laughs> – yeah, it is what it is. Everybody's fired up, you know, turning the corner, as they say, weather-wise. But, you know, this isn't a Weather Channel podcast. But, you know, we got to touch on it, dude. It's Buffalo, right? Buffalo-based. It's, Buffalo it's a topic of conversation. It's, it's an important thing. Yeah, right? But, um, you know, I mean, we have our topics laid out for the episode, right? But I'm, I mentioned, or I want to mention something I saw right before we got on. And, you know... Not going to reveal too much on set in stone yet, but our guest next week, we're going to definitely poke around with this, with that person that we're going to have on next week, right? So, those CCM skates customized for Austin Matthews. And I want to touch on it because we kicked off the episode last week, Tudes, with yep. talking about the Jordan skates, you know. You mentioned it. Obviously, we posted on our socials the quote you had regarding, you know, hopefully things don't stop with the skates, with pushing the creative boundaries and the individuality with players, right? And obviously, that stands out to me as a step where that trend is continuing and that envelope is still being pushed. And, you know, given what Justition does, given, you know, skate skins, like it's exciting to see and, you know, I don't know if you boys had a chance to look at them. It's something that, again, just continues to push that envelope. And it's, ex you know, it's exciting to see even as a quote unquote competitor, maybe, but it's, it's awesome. It's, it's good to see one of the coolest guys in the game, AM 34, getting that custom skate. And it's, it's just great. It's great to see. 
And for those of you watching on YouTube, we have a clip here that shows the reveal of them. Just clean. Just Looking clean. real clean. Clean. Yeah, they're a super, uh, super sweet skate. Um, kind of exactly what we were talking about, right, with just getting that individual flair. And, I mean, who knows? He's going to be the first player in really to to have his own skate design like this. Uh, you know, maybe hockey will move toward what the NBA has done where different high-profile players have their own skate uh, rather than their own shoe which would be pretty cool, but you know, that's, that's kind of the direction skate skins was pushing things before these things all happened with these or the world junior skates with the flags on them and stuff like that. I mean, those are cool, but like we've talked about before, uh, skate skins is a brand that brings that, that level of style, creativity, uh, and flair to everybody whether you're a 10 year old on, on your youth team or whether you're a college club team or, you know, anywhere in between, you know, Barley your league, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether you're one of us buzzing around in bar league, I mean, it's, it brings that level of accessibility um, and style that, um, that not all of us have uh, the NHL access like an Austin Matthews. So yeah, super exciting stuff. But I'll be interested yeah. to see what our uh, what our guest next week has to uh, has to say about it. Yeah, still locking that in, but we're we're excited for that. But you know, and again, I mentioned you know continuing to push the envelope and see that the progress is being made. That Justice and and obviously two skate skins has just been wanting for so long. Yeah, we like to think we're ahead of the curve on things. Everybody remembers, you know, us pushing the royal blue, right? You know, that's it's and now the Sabres wearing it and everything. We'll get to them in a little bit, but it was a big thing we loved, you know, awesome color scheme and everything. But, you know, being a hockey streetwear brand, you know, you pride yourself on knowing or being ahead of those curves, wanting to set the standard, if you will. And again, like I keep saying, push the envelope as far as style and that flair that you see in a lot of other sports that are dominating the markets more so than, than hockey is right now to your casual sports fan. Right. And as part of the mission, we want to bring the game that's brought all of us so much, so many life lessons, so much fun and good memories and everything that's that's kind of always at the forefront of our minds here and we're going to continue to push that and um yeah to dive into that i just want to queue up uh, a quick thing here some big news coming out of the nhl that i will let derek fire in something real quick to to get everybody excited because this is big this is a big flashback for me from my youth when i first started playing and everybody's smiling right now because it's good they, news. They know what's coming. They know what's coming. Let it rip. That's right. Big NHL 2021-2022 season. We're back on ESPN. That means more of Barry Melrose wearing the hockey bags for trousers, the funny commercials, 
oh, I'm so excited, boys. I wanted to jump into this. This is a big thing. And I want to tie it back to the previous segment really quick before I send it over to you, boys. We talk about the individuality of style and the flair, right? It's always on display in leagues like the NBA on ESPN, right? In the NFL, too, which are predominant things. Even Major League Baseball, right? You know, so knowing that they're kind of at the forefront of the individuality of the athletes and everything and the creative flair, it's exciting to see this deal reached. Um, I know you boys, we, we've we've mentioned it. We've talked about it individually, but I mean, we'll start with Tudes. What is, what is your thoughts on seeing this deal come through and, and what it means for the league itself, the game, just all of that, right? Like, what do you think, bro? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I mean, I haven't heard that that theme song since what 2004. I mean, just yeah, just a wonderful a wonderful memory. Yeah, right. Absolutely ecstatic hearing that. But yeah, I think it's huge for I think it's huge for the game because you know ESPN has a certain level of sports following and loyalty that not too many other platforms have. And they show sports like basketball, Monday night football, baseball, and college football, college basketball, everything, right? And Mm. they don't show hockey at this point. This year they started streaming some on ESPN+. But I think that's where hockey loses a lot of the casual viewers, right? Because you've got to search around a little bit more for a hockey game. You're not just flipping through the channels and finding it on TV and deciding you're going to watch it. If you're watching hockey on TV, you're going to NBCSN, you're going to different networks, and you have to seek that game out. Uh, And and I think this is just going to change the game for that, right? Especially with how big ESPN streaming platform is with their ESPN app and ESPN plus they're going to have a ton of games on there. So as fans and in more importantly, I think non-hockey fans are scrolling through these types of outlets. Um, You know, they're going to come across more hockey and hopefully engage a little bit more with the sport and hopefully, develop that love for the game uh, when they do get a chance to see it uh, more than they have before. Cause I mean, I think we forget being from the Western New York area and kind of all growing up, you know, in and around hockey. Uh, it's really more of a regional thing, right? Like East coast, Northeast Canada, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that you meet from all over the place, whether it's down South or out West or whatever, it's improving but a lot of them were never exposed to it. So hopefully this gets some more exposure for the game and uh, some big things ahead. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, To add on to your exposure thing, um, I even saw like Hulu is going to be carrying games. So another, you know, non-sports platform just getting exposure. I mean, they do some, I think they do some NFL possibly. Every now and then, I know they at least do basketball, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be the live Hulu package. But whatever, another I think you know, it is there. Uh, but uh, another you know, sports, uh, non-sports streaming uh, service covering hockey is you know all that you can ask for. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be really awesome. It's great to see it. Like you said, you know, just casually flipping through. I think the coverage is going to be a lot more. Um, they really jumped on it, uh, especially with 
uh, NBC Sports Network dropping out and, you know, at the end of this year. So it was really free market at that point, and ESPN probably got it got the deal for next to nothing i'm sure there probably wasn't too much competition and it was like well we could probably go here for more money but we probably won't get the exposure like espn you know and Mm -hmm. so i think the deal derek was um for a couple billion uh which i mean it's it's a lot but yeah definitely not yeah we're not talking yeah we're not talking about nfl numbers Uh, yeah so it's nothing for them i think there's actually still a couple more pieces in play uh, because they're actually going to sign another contract with a different network to be decided, which could be NBC again or mm-hmm. CBS or any any of those other networks. For the plus, bigger games or whatever. Yep, and plus another streaming site. So it's going to be a lot of ways to watch hockey next year. Yeah, which is awesome. I think it's great for the game. Um, it's a lot more exposure for, like you said, people out of region You know that aren't as exposed to it. But it's it's exciting and you know like we said those commercials coming back um i i saw a post today from the nhl uh they they posted all of the old like espn sports center nhl uh nhl clips and i wanted to share with everyone my favorite <laughs> one I, yeah yeah this was my personal favorite out of all, right, all let of them, it rip. so i'll let it roll hey ovi hey what's up what are you doing in the dark man Nothing, just the late night filings. Really? Late night filing? What are you, a Russian spy or something? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll catch you later. Yeah, see ya. Принесло. Да, чуть не спалили. Just a just a classic, and it's That's young Ovi, you know, young young Ovi, you know. Yeah. No gray Absolutely. hairs yet, so yeah, you can see the still the dark, yeah, the no no gray flow sticking out of the bucket there. That's great. still missing the front tooth too, you know. Yeah, signature, but yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, the age group that we grew up into specifically, you know, we remember the highlights. You, you get enthusiastic guys too, like our boy John Butchergrass. You know what a what a dream guest he would be to have on the show. Time stamp that someday. Someday we'll get that guy on there. What a what a beauty. Just hearing him back cover and stuff. I mean, and again, like you see what ESPN and like the anchors and the show styles, what it's done for other sports. It's exciting in a time of such progress with hockey, with the individuality, the creativity, the style, the coolness in general of the game, right? Like it being back on ESPN. You know, I think that, again, it's huge for the game. It's so exciting for the growth of it. And awesome job by both sides to get it done. I think both sides know how valuable the deal is for, you know, mutually beneficial for them as businesses, as well as, you know, just fans in general, right? Like, I think, you know, if you look into the details of it, you know, um, just looking at the the piece here on ESPN.com. ESPN and the NHL announced a seven-year deal on Wednesday, returning hockey to ESPN. Obviously, for the first time since 2004. Included will be 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC, early round playoff series, and one conference final each year, four Stanley Cup final series on ABC, and more than 1,000 games per season streaming on ESPN Plus 
ESPN Plus and Hulu will be home to 75 ESPN-produced exclusive telecasts per season. Wow. So, again, we touched in, you know, some of the non-sports streaming apps getting into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as far as, like, you know, I think Toots touched on it. As far as the casual fan, you maybe you're just flipping through, scrolling through social media. You see a Sports Center tweet or you, you got the cable still. You're ripping through the guide. You just see ESPN NHL hockey, right? You just pop that on and see because that's one of your favorite networks. You know, you got the loyal fan base of ESPN reintroducing them to the great game of hockey. And I think it's just going to do wonders for a lot of the stuff we talk about. Like, again, the, the, the flair, the creativity, the style, the coolness of the game that we all love and enjoy. Bringing that to the casual fan, I think, is going to really reignite the national interest in this sport. I, I don't know, boys, what do you think on that before I, we proceed here? I, I'd agree with you for sure. And the way I describe hockey now is I think hockey has some of the most absolutely passionate diehard fans out there, but not really a lot of casual fans, right? Like the NFL has a lot of people who really don't care that much about football, but you know, they just turn it on on Sunday and it's background noise and they, they kind of half watch the game, half eat their snacks, half do something else. And that's cool. Hockey doesn't really have that. Where now, now I think it'll start to develop that, that mainstreamness and that casual fan base that I think is important too to have because, you know, you want to have that, that pocket of diehard fans, but you want the most broad fan base you can possibly have. And I hope that what this turns into is not the stupid Twitter wars where people are like, oh, well, you know, you don't know anything about this, whatever. You know, if somebody doesn't know much about hockey and they're flipping through ESPN and you're sitting there with them and they decide they're going to watch the game, answer their questions. Explain stuff to them if they're curious. Bring people into the game. Don't, don't do this bullshit of like, oh, like I was I was digging through channels to watch, you know, right. the Sabres or the Penguins game or whatever. It's like, no, this doesn't need to be an exclusive club. Like, let's get everybody involved. Let's. It's more fun when more people are into this. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of my hope for it. Completely agree. Yeah, I mean, you guys both had really good points there. Um, There's a couple of years ago, if you guys remember, uh, it was when St. Louis – I think was going for their cup run or was in the cup. I can't remember, but there was the one guy, I think his name was Tony and he kept tweeting stuff. Uh, he had never watched hockey before and his tweets were going viral. I can't remember. Do you guys remember this at all? And no, he, ended up becoming, he ended up becoming like the NHL recognized him and like gave him a bunch of kickbacks. The St. Louis blues gave him a Jersey and stuff. And like now he's like verified on Twitter and like a huge St. Louis blues fan. And That's he was amazing. like, like less than five years ago, like never watching. And he was just like sending funny tweets. He was like, Hey, yo, why is like this off? Like what is offsides? And like, they were like <laughs> blowing up and people were just like, yeah. this is how it is. And it was good to see that people weren't being, you know, dicks about it. And were just like, it was kind of an inclusive thing, but it, they were really funny. Um, I do remember that. I, I'll see if maybe we can bring those tweets up on a, on a later episode because those are pretty funny, but yeah. And that'll absolutely. be, that'll be cool with hockey too. If, if we see, more stuff like that um 
it's going to take off. And I think kind of um, where this brings me to, to my next thought is, you know, with more exposure for the game on, you know, ESPN and other networks and things like that, it's a more national audience, right? And that means a more national audience uh, to watch your Buffalo Sabres, gentlemen. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, a, lot, a lot of eyeballs on them next year is, uh, is what I'm thinking. And uh, I don't know if uh, you guys will be watching by next year, but um, – We'll just we'll use that as our 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 cue yeah. into that. Let let me but. get a pulse check here. Um, I got afraid to text a couple times this week, but you know the next two games for for Buffalo happen to be uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, Roast us, please. Week. So um, I just want to get a pulse check from you boys. I might have to eat these words by Saturday and block both of your numbers and call in sick for the episode next week. If things don't go. My okay. Way. Stop but, for a uh, second. Just back up. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's hypothetically say that you, they're already at the point. The season started in, uh, you're already laughing because you could, when was the first game? When did the season start? January 1st or 2nd, I believe. Okay, yeah, when's like the season right normally start? Uh, October, October, like, right? Yeah. Yep. And Derek, as a Sabres fan, what do we always talk about over the past, like, decade about what we want to see out of a Sabres season? We want to play meaningful games in March. Yeah. Uh, we're not even going to be. Yeah, we're, we're started in January. Yeah. We're not even and playing we meaningful games. Yeah. It's, it's no. not good. It's... It's really the meaningful really games in March is usually on your playoff push or you know in playoffs oh, yeah. obviously, but oh, yeah. um, these are games that will just even get you to that point. Even like you know like these are just normal games, and there is nothing meaningful about them whatsoever at all. Yeah, it. You know what I mean? The game. I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday, right? Uh, yep. You know, last Tuesday we played the Flyers. Obviously, Jack. Oh, glimmer Captain, of hope. You Captain know. Jack. Wait, wait. <laughs> Jack was out. You know, it was in. What got my attention was Dylan Cousins playing center. That's what got me to tune into that game. And you know what? I, I absolutely yeah. loved what I saw. That. That that kid is legit. I'm that's a that's a bright spot, I think. But again, it's just frustrating. We're here again. Um, you know, as Sabres fans, ugh, <laughs> you want to you want to be playing those meaningful games, even in a crazy time like this with the shortened season where things are coming thick and fast. But it's there's not a lot to say. Um, I just think we we need to keep after it. It's easy to just and I think when you've been a team that's struggled for so long, you know, the Sabres unlike teams like and I, I think it's relevant to bring this up, you know, Tudor, like teams like Chicago and Pittsburgh, where they broke it all down at one point and they were in the floor yeah. of the league. And they yeah, got it to that. work. They got it to work. We did that. And like Edmonton, 
and I'll say Edmonton, I can comfortably say Edmonton. It's still somewhat on the same level. It hasn't worked. And yeah, Edmonton's got Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, right? But, but specifically this year. And what are they going to do this year? Are they going to are they going to get past Toronto? I don't think so. The bat, say the Battle of Alberta happens in the playoffs. Are you that confident that the Edmonton Oilers are going to go past the Calgary Flames, who are somehow still afloat and haven't played good really at all? And they just you know fired the coach, obviously, right? Bringing in Daryl Sutter, already bag skating them. Like what? It's just one of those things, and I don't know, man. I. It's frustrating to watch. We're we're here again, right? But I want to I want to continue to see progress and we can talk about coaching, we can talk about the front office and all of that, but at the end of the day, we want to see the results, we want to see the effort and you know, one thing obviously we still lost the game. We had a couple leads, right, Derek, but overall the effort was there. Teams were playing hard. What I mm-hmm. liked to see, Kevin Hayes, uncharacteristic play by him, just caught Jeff Skinner, cross-check in the back, and guys stood up for each other. So that tells me, while it feels like right now the season's <laughs> kind of lost, unfortunately, the players still have some level of fight, even without their captain in the lineup. But that's just kind of what I saw most recently, boys. Yeah, no, it was, it was a bad game. I mean, it just... Like you go up four to two and it looks all right. And you think that's, you know, just a solid, you know, solid lead for us that we'll be able to pull off. You know, it was a look, it was good moving game yesterday. And then just, they just really, really stunk it up there in the third period and just let it all fall apart. I mean, and then going back to here we go, our coaching decisions, um, we get to a shootout and, we have Darlene line up first and foremost. I mean, like, much love to the guy, but, like, you got Samson Reinhardt who just pumped two home in the middle of the game. How do you not start off with him? Like, how do you not start off with him? Like, and people want to argue, oh, he's a more skilled player. He's got better hands. Like, the shootout is the shootout. Go in there and fucking pump one into the net. Like, shoot it from the top of the circle and pump it into the net. Like, it happens, you know? Oh, it doesn't, a week special. You don't have to be the most skilled stick handler in order to take the shootout. And I think that's really stupid because then they score, you know, then they send out, I can't remember what his, his name was, but he comes, skates down 19 last night, and he fucking puts one bar down top shelf from just outside of the hash marks on the circle, you know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a, a crazy move. And it, um, a crazy thing that I saw um, yesterday was also as well. Um, the news of uh, the Sabres moving Eric Stahl to a contending team. Like where does that formulate? Like, I mean, like to be going to a contending team means that you have to have like somewhat of a decent year and like, I'm sure any team will probably take him because they're going to be able to trade for him for absolutely next to nothing. And maybe he turns his season around. Yeah. Then you're heroed as like you had a really good season, you know, a great turnaround on that. But um, I want to share this one that a friend sent over to me um, of the Eric Stahl breakdown here. Um, Let's get this in here. Oh boy. We got some graphs. (laughs) 
<laughs> this one's hilarious. Um, this is his, you know, just his points and everything, his production. And just look at the insane drop-off. The insane drop-off from, from 2020 to 2021. I mean, it is just absolutely just disgusting, the amount of drop-off that there is. And for him to be able to say that he is going to go to a contending team just really blew my mind on that one. It was like, what has he done? And I mean, good for whatever team is going to end up getting him because they're probably going to be able to stick him on the third line. He'll probably produce and they'll be able to trade probably a bag of pucks for him. And they're going to look out to be heroes, but we lose on that situation 10 out of 10 times because he had a garbage year. Um, and now you're just going to trade him away. So, I mean, like, it was like, what was the point of even bringing this guy in? And you traded for this guy. It wasn't like he was a free agent signing. You traded for this guy. So, you know, you gave away a piece of your puzzle. I mean, uh, Benny, do you know who, it, what, what did we trade for him? To, to be completely honest with you, Derek, you just, I, I don't even my, know. You rattled my cage that we traded for him. I could have swore he was a free agent signing. No, no, we traded for him. No, we did. Okay. So, <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? I don't even want to dive into that. So we're just gonna we're gonna keep going here. I I'm out of words. I'm out of words for. <laughs> there is there is no there's no there's no more explanation because like you like you you can't you can't explain what's going on anymore because yeah. it's just absolute nonsense. And it's but tough I mean, it, too. It, it makes you go ahead, dude. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, it makes you wonder kind of where it where it comes from. Like you hear you hear all these theories too about like, you know, does it come from the top? Is it is it the coaching staff? Is it all the way down from ownership? Whatever. I mean, there's you know speculation going on. You know, right now that I was seeing on Twitter today that um, was saying the only reason they haven't fired Kruger, which is what I think the general consensus of fans uh, wanting is. Um, is that they've done that, you know, time and time before with GMs and coaches and, you know, the owner just doesn't want to pay for someone's contract that isn't working with the team anymore. Um, which at face value, you kind of get that, but that kind of shows you too, like if that is the case, which obviously we don't know 100% that it is, um, then that's not really ownership, uh, being very invested in the team, um. So yeah, I mean it's it's tough to it's tough to see, but there's so much going on here. There seems to be problems at so many different levels, whether it's the players on the ice or the guy behind the bench or the guy up in the press box paying the bills. Yeah, and <laughs> to be quite frank, I think this is gonna this is gonna be a, a subject we'll be able to hit and explore has the rest of this season yeah, yeah unfolds it's like it's like every week we've been doing this and it's you know even with the practice stuff and it's like something just like unveils itself in the book of the buffalo sabers 2021 season you know each week mm -hmm. and it's like something major or something you know that they did in the past week yeah you know, just that is absolutely mind-boggling and you just don't understand it and i think the best way to go about it is probably to stop questioning it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, you got to get it right at some point. Um, we're still waiting. We're uh, <laughs> we're we're waiting on it. But 
I mean, next here, other NHL news, I'll say, because if we continue to talk about that, you know, the Sabres and what's going on there, I'm, I might just walk off the set here. It's, it's just one of those things where <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, it's like, it's tough because it's my favorite sports franchise. They're so near and dear to my heart. And just to see the same things time and time again, the same failures, it's just frustrating. Frustrating it's, is the word. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's no other way to say it, but you know, more to come on that. And you know what I want to get into, you know, is some other stuff, you know, we got, we have a Penguins fan on the broadcast here. And I mean, dudes, I want to give you the floor a little bit here for this because I can't wait to be on this podcast talking about playoff hockey. Yeah, my team's not going to be in it. But it'll be interesting to watch. But I get to watch it as a fan unbiasedly and just enjoy some good puck, right? And the, you know, we, we, you know, some of the practice episodes we talk, you know, Brian Burke and Ron Hextall coming in. You know, Malkin is, are we going to trade the Crosby trade rumors, right? And then ha ha ha, right, toots. But like the pens are rolling now. Kasperi Kapanen, I mean, oh my God. Get just, here you go, man. I, I watched some of that Rangers game the other night with the pens and, some adversity they hit, but it was that's some great hockey to watch, and they look like they're they're starting to find their stride. What are you seeing? Yeah, they've uh, they've won four out of their last five now. Um, historically, actually, March is you know they're they're better better their months in the regular season for whatever reason. So hopefully that trend kind of continues this year. But yeah, I mean Kapanen's absolutely been buzzing uh since he came onto the team and and started getting some time this year he's just all over the place four check back check scoring goals getting assists he had like three points the other night he's just unbelievable and uh malkin's finding his stride i mean it's it's so funny with Gino. they're playing together correct yeah, they're, they're playing on the second line together, and they're having a lot of chemistry. They're finding each other in the slot. They're creating scoring chances. Uh, you know, they've been feeding off of each other very well. Uh, and it's it's just f- so funny because Gino every year seems to hit these. Like, Crosby, you know what you're getting out of him every night, right? Like, you're getting the model of consistency. And with Gino there's times where he's out there and he just doesn't look like himself. And then all of a sudden he flips that switch and reminds you that he really is that good. And he really is an elite level player. And he's been doing that recently. He's been scoring goals. He's been creating chances and it's been fun to watch because that, that second line has been absolutely buzzing for them. The last handful of games here and, and Tristan Jari, Mike, God, that kid between the pipes. Uh, just, I mean, last night even, they, they were up three to two. And, um, you know, a couple chances in, in the last two minutes there that Jari mm-hmm. just absolutely stood on his head for that team, made a couple incredible saves, and then Crosby gets the empty nutter to seal it. But, yeah, just 
unbelievable play uh, from that team. Um, horrible time to be a Chris Letang hater, and I absolutely love that. I hate Chris Letang haters. Uh, you know, I got a special place in my heart for that guy. He's an absolute weapon back there. Uh, great hair, too. Phenomenal. I mean, hair. phenomenal hair. What? Um, but <laughs> it's, it's just so funny, too, because I remember I was in a game before the shutdown last year, I was at a game in Pittsburgh and uh, this kid was talking next to me and he was like talking about, he's like, Oh, we got to get Latang out of here. He stinks like blah, blah, blah. And this kid had to be in like middle school and I was biting my tongue and I didn't want to say anything, but I wanted to be like, buddy, relax. <laughs> you don't, you don't remember all, all the games that he came in clutch or played unbelievable minutes was a top three defenseman in the league. Like you're, you're 12 years old. You were still in diapers, buddy. Um, but I mean, just his resurgence recently has been so much fun to watch. He's playing well. He's moving the puck like he used to. He, he's still skating well. Um, and I just, every time he, every time he scores, I smile a little bit wider than I do for any other goal. And I just can't wait to check Twitter. So it's a, uh, it's a bad day to be a Chris Letang hater and I'm here for it. Gotta love it. Yeah. He's, you know, that, uh, that style of defenseman that's come in so clutch and so important for contending teams you know you would talk about your drew dowdy's your eric carlson's brent burns right like he's right in that mold where he can be so smart and so sound defensively but he can also be a legit elite threat offensively so especially getting up there in the age right you love to see the resurgence as you call the toots and continue to see him contributing offensively while being that wily veteran on the back end with bringing along some of the younger guys and all of that. So, and one guy I want to mention here before we sign off because I yeah. can't believe I can't believe I haven't yet. Um, I apologize for anything I have ever said negative in the past before he was a Pittsburgh Penguin about Cody CC and about how bad I thought he was at hockey because this dude's playing some great hockey for the Penguins this year. Turned out to be a great pickup. Um, you know, he's not there anymore, but thanks Jimmy Rutherford for that one. Um, you know, it's just, he, he's playing some great. Hey, dudes, me and Derek are saying the same thing about Dylan cousins. Yeah. Like different scenario, but thank you, Jason Bottrell for making that pick. It's kind of a hindsight, kind of a no brainer, but Hey, thank you very much, sir. Good luck in Seattle. (laughs) I know where we're at. Please, please just like, take some of the dead money we have. That's that's where me and Derek are at. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things. But it's Maybe just like, pick up what dead, but it's like, what dead money are you going to take, though? There's well, so maybe. many bad ones that are out there. So Maybe yeah. he'll take Ocpozo in the expansion draft. Yeah, yeah I don't care. I'm not going to get my hopes up on that. <laughs> I honestly uh, think uh, I could see him like taking like uh, like Zemgus Gergensen's. Yeah not a terrible deal and like he has shown like i trust me i think our our bottom six would look a he's lot a good better. hockey player i, I think our bottom six player. would look a lot better with him in it trust me like it, yeah. you would be able to get rid of some other players and probably see some production he was definitely stepping it up he's not a top six player but he's a phenomenal phenomenal bottom six so yeah 
he's a workhorse. You know what you're going to get. He's, mm-hmm. he's the workhorse from Whitehorse sort of thing with cousins, but he doesn't have the skill and the natural talent and, you know, just ability. He's just got more of the grit and the hard work, which again, that's another thing that I think continues to shine through with contending teams is they, you know, people talk about the game getting softer or, you know, the less fights, the less physicality. And, you know, we can touch on the Tom Wilson hit, um, with the seven game suspension this week, if we want, but you know, you see, you know, you don't want to see the, the head focus or, you know, the targeting sort of thing. Right. But there's still that element in the game where the physicality is needed, the, the self-governing on the ice to keep guys in check from running the star players. And, you know, it's important to not just dismiss and say like, Oh, the game's getting soft. Cause it really hasn't, you know, like what have we seen this year with, the tight schedule back to backs playing the same teams more often you're seeing fights. I mean, look at some of these Rangers Bruins games, original six teams getting after it. And you know what? I, again, we've talked about, you know, early with the ESPN stuff, the what's good for the game and the health of the game for the casual fan. I think what I want to kind of segue into a little bit in this, you know, the NHL topic, the hockey topic is, the style of schedule, right? Like, do you guys think we're going to see more rather than what we've we're, we've been used to our whole lives where it's just like, yeah, maybe you have some games against division opponents throughout the week and then ran, you'll hit a road trip out West. When we see those interdivisional games, are you going to see more of the, for, you know, Tudes, the baseball guy on the podcast here overall, that baseball style series like we're seeing this year? Like, like we did travel. with the like the Islanders, we just played three yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about the scores, but no, yeah. no, yeah, we're not we going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about those. Yeah, are you talking specifically this year, Benny? Or right, yeah, yeah, dude. Like with the COVID restrictions and everything, where you see these back to backs, where you saw them before, but it's like the back to backs are played. You know. We think of back-to-backs in hockey where it's two games in a row, but it could be right. like you, you're in Long Island, you're playing the Islanders, but then you go play the Devils. Yeah. Whereas now you play three games in a row against the the Islanders and stuff like that, right? More of a, like I said, a baseball style, like mini series sort of thing. I think it definitely is going to have the feel of that. And it already kind of has going into the season, right? Like, I mean, I'm, thinking about it now you've got the the pens and the sabers play thursday saturday this week and then later on in the month they play another two game set against each other um you know it's it's gonna feel kind of like that baseball type thing where you've got you know it's our weekend it's our weekend series against the sabers or whoever so it makes it interesting i think it creates a little bit more a little bit more friction out there between the players because, you know, quite frankly, you know how you guys know how it is when you play a team enough, like there's going to be guys that irritate you and, you know, you're going to finish your checks a little bit harder. You're going to cross check somebody a few more times in front of the net because you're just sick and tired of seeing their face. Like that stuff's going to happen. And, you know, you already see it, like you said, with the Rangers and Bruins and, you know, some of these other series. So it, it's got that playoff feel already given that mini series type vibe. 
Yeah, I've uh, honestly like. I mean, we've been on the receiving end, obviously, but I kind of <laughs> like it. Um, I like seeing that mini series almost. Um, I think three games might be a little bit much, um, and I think the only way that if a three game straight and like balance, but you couldn't do it with travel is like one being home and then two away kind of thing. Um, sure. Just to get that change of you know scenery, mm-hmm. but um, I could definitely see like two games you know right in a row, especially like we saw that the Islanders triple header. We saw like weekend you know a Friday night game at seven seven thirty, and then they play at one o'clock the next day. Like I think that's really cool. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the Saturday Sunday matinee games, but um, I like the series. Um, I think two, three is probably max, obviously, but three is even getting a little bit, you know, two less. But I think it also just comes down to just like travel, um, not travel restrictions, but like travel plans, just making sure everything is worked out cohesively, especially, you know, money wise and all of that. And like what makes the most sense It's like is definitely a huge factor that goes into the scheduling of those games for sure. Um, definitely, especially this year, but um, I think maybe, you know, going back to a little bit more normal next year, I think it might be something that we see a little bit more often. Um, yeah. A little more of it sprinkled into the scheduling. Yeah. From the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. And you got to imagine too, for the players, like you get you, to know, like the guys. Yeah. Yeah. You get to, you get to know the guys and it's more of like, I don't know. You're you get a little familiarity where it's, I don't know. You want to, it gives you almost like a taste of like the postseason, right? Where I think that's always something cool where baseball is always done where you, you see this series and it, and baseball is different. It's such a long season, but you get, you know, those, the, the three game stretches or whatever, the weekend series with the rivalries, Yankees versus Red Sox, they play a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, something like that. Right. Even if it's in the week, you get that kind of taste of, all right, this is, this is something I want to tune back into in the postseason, And it ties back to the, the, the deal with ESPN and everything, right. As we progress into the next year, I think it's just going to be great for the game, getting those rivalries back and, you know, drawing that interest and the excitement from the mainstream crowd as well as the hardcore hockey fans. Um, yeah, it's just in a time where it's been st- the uncertainty and the tough circumstances, there's been things that have worked out good where we saw the success previously with the bubble and finishing off that season and, you know, crowning a cup champion where. You know, diving into the new season here, there's still some kind of carryover with that as well to establish the rivalries, establish the competitiveness where there's no fans. Maybe things can be down and out a little bit. And I think the league's done a great job. And again, it's just great for the game. And again, heading into that, the ESPN contract and all that, it's just going to be a lot of fun for not only us fans that are going to watch no matter where it's being televised, but the fans that might not normally turn tune into hockey if they didn't have access to it, or maybe they're, you know, the hardcore ESPN fans where it's just, Oh, they catch a glimpse of it. And like, I got to watch more of this. So I think it's going to be great. And I'm excited to see where it goes. 
but um you know we've spent a ton of the time on hockey here we mentioned the weather early on in the episode right boys and you know being in western new york here that obviously seg- segues right into some of our favorite spring and summertime activities and we're talking about golf because golf season's coming hockey players love the golf we love the golf you get to rock some of your favorite dish and merch out there on the course just styling you got your rain jackets you got your lids i mean Tude's going through his rehab, getting that shoulder back to absolutely crush me and Derek in a match play. So he thinks I'm going to undersell it. But PT last night, we started working on my backswing. Oh, no boy. joke in the middle, in the middle of the physical therapy office with like all these other people like around there doing their knees and ankles and everything. My, my physical therapist at the end pulls out a golf club, walks across and he's like, okay, you're only going to come back halfway, but we're going to start with your takeaway and see how it feels. All right, let's go. That'll that'll get the, that'll get you going. Yeah, that reminds me. That makes me the the, uh, the miracle quote. You think that'll get him going? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll clean up. Oh yeah, the old Craig Patrick um, line there. But I know Tude, you wanted to touch on. You had some disgruntlements, you know. Bryson DeChambeau winning the Arnold Palmer, correct? Um, you know, the guy hits yeah. absolute bombs. He hits drives like I strive to do if I played, you know, the Tiger Woods EA Sports games. You know, obviously, <laughs> it's the guy's a machine. Like the um, easier said than done kind of thing. Com- you know? Yeah, correct. He's, and he's a freak. Yeah. So, I mean, dudes, this is something you wanted to touch on. You know, I'm not as avid as, you know, what my thing is, especially in the time frame we're in, I love golf, grew up playing the game being taught it by my father and everything it's just watching it sometimes when the weather's not there yet i can't watch it because i just want to play i just want to get out there and play so so i just don't but it's it's tough yeah whenever whenever you're watching golf and you live somewhere like buffalo and and it's not obviously golf's a very weather dependent sport and you know for here if you're watching it in february or early march and you can't go play it kind of sucks because you get that itch back, but yeah, um, the disgruntlement, uh, to be clear on that was, uh, it was not at Bryson. Um, I absolutely love Bryson DeChambeau. Um, so congrats to him winning the Arnold Palmer invitational this past weekend. Um, but I just, I think it's incredible. Like watching what he does, like a number six, uh, big par five over the water. Everyone kind of, usually lays not lays up but back a little bit farther so they got about 170 180 yards into the pin uh bryson decides he's just gonna go for it and uh try to carry it 340 uh pump the drive on saturday i think 377 uh, just disgusting numbers uh, but it, it's cool it's fun to watch but at my favorite place in I think sports is uh, Twitter and Instagram comments uh, after Bryson DeChambeau wins a tournament. (laughs) I think it is the most entertaining place to be because you've got Johnny three putt that loses 20 bucks in his Sunday skins match at your local Muni course out there with his 15 handicap commenting on Bryson's uh, 
win posts and all that stuff that the PGA puts on their account talking about how they don't like him being like a side. They don't like the sideshow that he brings, um, you know, because after he hit that 377 yard drive, the fans are getting into it. They're cheering. He's throwing his hands up in the air. He's excited. And, and people don't like that. Um, you know, so sorry, sir, that you don't like fun. Um, but some of us are trying to grow the game of golf here. Uh, so Bryson just, I, I hope he keeps doing what he's doing. I know he will because he doesn't give a shit about what Johnny three putted, you know, the city course, you know, thanks. Um, mm -hmm. But just, just an unbelievable approach to the game, right? We talk about, you know, pushing the envelope and, and challenging boundaries of tradition in, you know, ice skates. In a lot of ways, what Bryson's doing in golf parallels that. He's Absolutely. doing everything that your traditional golfer doesn't do. He swings out of his shoes. He tries to hit the ball as far as he can and just overpower the course. And it's fun. It's cool. It's different, right? All of his clubs are the same length. It's a different approach than anybody else uses, but it's great for the game. He's he's breaking down some boundaries, and he's showing people that there's more than one way to do this, whether that's golf, whether that's hockey, whether it's fashion, whatever it is in your life, like there's more than one way to do it. And don't listen to those haters that are too afraid to try anything different, you know, that are commenting on your tweets or your Instagram posts or whatever. Like if they don't want to step outside the box and try something new, experience something different, that's fine. Let you someone know, else but, do it. But don't, don't let that stop mm -hmm. you. But yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, bridging off of your, you know, your points there is look at the crowd that he, he had, uh, behind him on Sunday. I mean, clear, clear as day. Everyone was, you know, wanted to see him. I mean, he was, uh, it helped that he was, you know, one and two, you know, going into those last, you know, holes with Westwood, but it would, you could clearly see that people were there for him. Um, and he's doing stuff that's completely different. And it's always funny to see those people that hate on him, hate on his like style of play or like what he does on the course. But like, it's never about, and usually what people don't like for someone is like the way that they act or like the way that they talk or something that they've said. And like Bryson gets off the course and he's like one of the most respectful guys, like in the entire world, like he's so nice. He, you know, and he's, he, he loves the game of golf and he's just trying to push the game of golf. And it's, um, it's really cool to see. Uh, my buddy told me, I didn't know this about him, but he's a physics major. So like that yeah. plays into, you know, that plays into a lot of his swing science and stuff. And like, a lot of people just see what he does on Sundays, but they don't see what he's doing in, you know, the off season of like, he's really, he works with like, he was talking about it. He works with like a, a life coach almost with, you know, on his swing, like he, you know, breathes extra heavy. He gets his, like his whole energy going. He like believes like, it's like a, it's an energy thing. It's not just like, like, yeah, his body is there, but like it, it in such a mental game like golf, you know, he gets himself psyched out and he gets himself like amped up to hit that ball. And it clearly shows. And for anyone yeah. that doesn't like that, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why you would not enjoy that, you know, well, because he hits the ball really far. It's like, well, did you see what he just did to get himself to 
drive the ball that far. Like that just, just doesn't happen overnight. Like this isn't right. happy Gilmore where he just has this, you know, swing that he, you know, like look at they Shong, Shaka. They, they showed a, like a side-by-side comparison of like when he was 22 years old swinging off the exact same tee and he looks like an absolute stick in the mud, just like literally just like his, his body barely moves, you know, like, and then this year's he's literally just all over the place. You can just tell he's invested so much time into his game and the game of golf and he's changing it for the better, which is just really awesome to see. And I don't understand why he gets so much hate, um, when he does really well because he's nothing but progressing the game of golf so and i'll put that in perspective too because again i mentioned i can't watch golf you know i'm getting to the point where i'll be able to because if i decide like oh my god i gotta try that shot i just gotta get out on the course and let one fly Mm -hmm. right now we're still not at that but when my father is 60 years old when he texts me and says and is talking about Bryson DeChambeau, that's a win for me for the game because it's one of my favorite, you know, nice weather time, nice weather hobbies in this area. Like I absolutely love the game. It's so therapeutic, so fun, so relaxing. But when I get those texts from my father, who in a lot of different areas of sports can be very traditional and, He's not so much a hater, but just more of, you know, he comes from a different generation of, you know, the Jack Nicholas and all that sort of stuff. And damn it, I always confuse it. Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson? Which one's the actor? Which one's the golfer? Nicholas. Jack Nicholas is the golfer. <laughs> Nicholson Golden is. <laughs> Nicholson is. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, boys. <laughs> Both icons. Well, Both icons. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just an icon living. But when my when my father texts me that, and it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know he's making, no matter of the comments, he's making a positive impact on the game. And bringing that flair and that excitement that we talk about in skate skins, in just dish, and, and other sports, whatever, and other areas of life in general, right? It's just good Pushing to the see. Boundaries pushing those boundaries and making things better and more inclusive for your hardcore fans or your casual fans, or again, just people that you're trying to bring into these hobbies, these activities, these sports that have brought so much joy to us, to so many people. And it's just good to see and embrace the change because that's how things progress and how things move forward. That's kind of, my closing thoughts on it, but boys, this has been such a blast. Once again, Epi two. Thank you so much, everyone for listening. Follow us at just dish and make sure, excuse me, follow us at just dish in it. Make sure you follow at just dish and at skate skins at official skate skins, hit the website, official customize your own skate skins. It is the next big thing in the game of hockey to push that individuality like we're talking about. Thank you so much, everybody. We will be back next week. Boys, anything signing off before we close here? Not much. Uh, that was a good episode, and yeah, looking forward to next week, hopefully with uh, a great guest. Great guest. Great guest. That's all I'll say. We'll leave him hanging on a little bit of a cliffhanger, but that's what we want. Thank you so much, boys. It's been a blast. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.
See ya.